Now, how would all this help me avoid burnout, all this offer-related stuff? Number one is I would be creating something that I know people need. I would not be guessing. I would not be putting something out there and being like, ooh, I wonder if people actually want this. I wonder if people actually buy this. No, I'll be interviewing these people in depth and I'll know exactly what their problems are, exactly the way they're talking about their problems. I know exactly what they need, what they want, how I can give it to them. And I would be creating this offer and I'd be creating this messaging geared specifically toward these people because these are my ideal clients. Welcome to the Raising Your Business podcast. I'm your host, Yael Bendahan, founder of CEO Mom Academy, Mama 5, and lifelong reading addict. This podcast is here to empower moms to run their businesses and lives like the powerhouse CEO they are. I want you to believe that you can have the business success you desire and be present with your family and to give you my best tips and strategies for how to make that happen. I'll be sharing the honest reality of balancing motherhood and business, business models that work for you, marketing of simplicity, and the mindset of CEO mom. Now, let's dive in. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, my friend. I am happy to be back. I, it's been a really tough week, as you may guess. This is, I'm currently recording this Monday, October 16th. Israel is in the middle of a war, gearing up for a war, whatever you want to call it. I've been seeing a lot of, I've been getting a lot of support from my friends and from my friends online. I've also been seeing a lot of hate directed at us. It's been a very hard time. Emotionally, I'm trying to keep it together, but I am trying to keep things in my business running as best I, I can. And I really did want to record this episode because it's a really important one. And I think this is probably, I don't even know. I feel like all my episodes are great. Like, I'm not going to lie. They're all awesome. But this one's going to be really good. Honestly, I feel like I should charge for this. But you get it for free. And what it basically is going to be about is how I would build my six-figure business again from scratch, but without the burnout. Because I've told a story before about how I burned myself out by the end of 2019. I was pulling all-nighters. I was doing discovery calls till all hours of the day. I was offering so many different things. I was like, it was just, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. And I turned things around in 2020 and then pivoted my business into coaching, consulting, courses, things like that, which is I was doing consulting before that. But I wanted to give you like my, here's what I would do knowing what I know. Here's what I would have done differently. And my goal for you is to walk away with a plan. Maybe the plan is to take something that I'm going to be sharing with you today and and change something about your business or about your business model or something like that. I don't know. But I, either way, I'm not saying you should start your business from scratch, but I'm saying here's what I like knowing what I know, having done what I did, being able to look back and say, okay, that probably was not the best idea. This is what I would do differently. Again, I'm not going to tell you how I grew my business because I made a lot of mistakes and I've, I've spoken about this before. And I'm also not going to go into the legalities of how to start a business, right? Oh, you need to get whatever, start an LLC or taxes and things like whatever. Obviously, do your due diligence. This is not what this is about, okay? I want to tell you the plan that I have put together for someone who has a skill to sell and wants to turn it into a business, okay? For clarity's sake, obviously, I'm not going to pretend that I know nothing about marketing, have no marketing skills because I'm... I want to share this with you from the point of view of someone who does have the skills and does have the knowledge and wants to help you from that point of view. But let's say my audience disappeared, my programs disappeared. 
I had no clients, but I still had my marketing skills. I still had my network, let's say. Okay, I still knew who I knew, but let's say it all just went up in flames, disappeared. If I did not have my marketing skills, I would sign up for the FG Society certification and learn the foundations of online marketing. I cannot recommend it enough. I'll drop a link in the, it's an affiliate link, but again, highly recommend it. I'll drop the link in the description. The reason I would do this is because I know I'm a good writer and B2B skills are just a little bit easier to sell than B2C, but this is not a rule, I promise. It's just what I know. And I have my B2B skills, right? So let's say I, 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 I didn't really know, I knew about some marketing. I, I wasn't like an expert. I would probably sign up for this certification because it gives a very thorough grounding in offer strategy, copywriting, and design. And probably by the end of doing that certification, I would have identified that design is not my thing, but the other things are, okay? That's if I had no marketing skills whatsoever. But let's say I did, okay? So for sake, this is me, Yael, in 2023, starting my business from scratch. Here is what I would not do, okay? Number one, I would not offer all the things to all the people. I've done that before. It's exhausting. It created, it created the need to reinvent the wheel with every single new client. It made it very hard for me to market effectively because I wasn't speaking to one specific person with one specific problem. It, it basically just complicated everything because I, was, I had to offer so many, I had to offer so many different options that I wasn't necessarily an expert in all of them, but I was offering like, oh, I could, we'll do social media and we'll do ads and we'll do funnel and we'll do design and we'll do influencer marketing and we'll do all this stuff. And I ended up just really overstretching myself or having to hire people to do things. They didn't always work out. It was just very exhausting. So I would not be offering all the things to all the people. I would not be trying to dominate in multiple platforms. I would choose one to two at most plus one SEO-based platform. And that is what I would focus on. I would not be like, oh, I'm going to be on TikTok and have a YouTube channel and also a podcast and also Facebook and also Instagram and also all the things. You have one primary channel and then you disseminate that content to your other channels. And, but you write for that primary channel. I did this in 2020. My Facebook group was my primary channel, my primary marketing platform, so to speak. And then I would take the posts that I wrote for fa my Facebook group. I would post them on my Facebook profile. I would, I would post them on Instagram if I could. And this was like before the days of carousel. So it wasn't as common to write these longer posts on Instagram. But either way, I was not um, trying to dominate on multiple platforms. And that actually, that was something I did in 2020. And it really did help. I would not start creating fancy funnels. Okay, you don't need fancy funnels. And I'll share exactly what you do need. All right. I would not be creating only educational content because anyone can find out educational stuff online. And I will actually go into, in the marketing section of this, I will go into what kind of content I would be creating. And I also would not be using ChatGPT for everything because if you use ChatGPT for everything, you know what happens? You sound exactly like everybody else. I can tell from a mile away when someone is marketing using ChatGPT. Like I can tell the way the post is written. I can tell what the words they're using. I can tell what the types of emojis it's using. I would not want to blend in with everybody else who's trying to replace themselves with a robot. I would want to be me. The first thing I would do is buy the domain with my name to hold on to while I put everything together. That's like number one. And here's a really cool thing. I'm going to share my plan with you exactly what I would do, but using my CEO mom's method. Okay. And CEO mom's method stands for M mindset. O offers M marketing as systems. So I'm going to share with you the mindset, the offers, the marketing, and the systems that I would implement in order to create a six-figure business from scratch. All right, so you ready? Get a pen and paper. 
write this down. This is some really good stuff. So I would definitely, if you want to listen to this now and then go back to it later, or if you're like, no, I like to take notes, this is the time to take notes. All right. Mindset. Okay. So what would I do when it came to mindset? The first thing I would do is write down all the beliefs I have about myself and my business and identify which ones might be holding me back from showing up fully. I would create a daily mindset practice in which I alternate between journaling out my daily life, my my ideal daily life, I should say, and questioning those beliefs that I wrote down before and replacing them with new beliefs that served me more. I would also go into CEO mindset mode and I would assign specific time every day to work on my business. It might be a few hours at night if I had a day job or a few hours in the morning if I didn't. But either way, I would make that time sacred and I would spend that time every single day on my business no matter what. And lastly, I would write down my four non-negotiables and make sure to do them every single week. And I discussed this before in a previous episode. Actually, I forgot which one. But my four non-negotiables would be mindset work, messaging and positioning content, nurturing your audience, nurturing your leads and sales activities. Okay. Now, how would this keep me from burnout? Number one is knowing the exact amount of work hours I had available and knowing exactly what I need to get done every day would save me those pulling those those all-nighters and and just working because I happen to have the time and doing things that don't actually move the needle on my business. I would make sure from the beginning that I was only spending my time on money-making activities. And the truth is that daily mindset work truly makes difference in your mental health. And that also would help me avoid burning out because I would have that why, I would have that vision in front of me and journaling it out every day, keeping this top of mind, focusing on the beliefs that serve me, that would help me stay the course and not feel exhausted, okay? So that is the mindset piece. And this is not something that's, oh, I do the mindset piece first, then I put it aside. No, this is something that actually goes through the entire plan. This this is a daily practice. This is not something that is something you just do, set it and forget it, do it once and whatever. No, this is a daily practice. And I can tell you, it would change your life even for 10 minutes a day. It makes such a difference. I cannot begin to tell you. All right, so that is the mindset piece. Now the offer, right? So what would I sell? So the first thing I would do is make a list of all the skills that I have and circle the ones that I'm best at and most light me up, okay? And then I would make a list of the people who I'm equipped to help and circle the ones who I want to help the most, I'm most equipped to help, and who are most likely to pay me the most money, okay? So I've spoken about this before. Example, if you are a health coach or you're a fitness and nutrition coach, you can focus on helping college freshmen lose the freshman 15 or college sophomores maybe lose the freshman 15, or you can concentrate on female on mom entrepreneurs who want to lose the last 20 pounds after having their baby that they can get new branding photo photos done, okay? Who is more likely to pay for your expertise? Probably the second one because there is a very clear motivation. They should have the the resources to pay for it and they are also going to be like much more driven because there is a direct ROI in having beautiful aligned branding and being able to show up without feeling whatever it is, embarrassed or whatever. So we've dis- I've discussed this before, again, in a previous episode. So I'm going to choose for the sake of this business, this new business, I'm going to choose copywriting and content strategy for female impact-driven consultants and coaches. And this is a very common, this is a very common audience, okay? So I might go a little deeper. Maybe I'll say for moms, coaches who are moms, or consultants who are moms, maybe I'll, I'll say I want to choose copywriting for agencies, or maybe I want to choose copywriting for whatever it is. But let's just say for, for the sake of this argument, This is who I'm helping, okay? 
I would then offer, now that I know who I want to help and how I want to help them, I would then offer 10 free consultations for people in my niche audience. So I would put a call out. I'm offering 10 free consults, 60-minute calls with people who are like this, who are looking for XYZ. So it was for 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 women who are impact-driven consultants and coaches who want to create a major impact and ripple in the world with their business and who are seeking marketing support in order to get their message out to more people, okay? And on that call, I would not only help them, but I would also write down every single question, problem, roadblock, mindset block, belief that they tell me about. I would record this. I would take copious notes. And I would also ask them in exchange for the free consult to give me feedback and use those and leverage them as testimonials. So now that I've done all these free consults, right now that I, I, I have information, I have very detailed information about what my ideal people want, what their biggest problems are, what they think their biggest problems are. They may not actually be their biggest problems, but I know what they're thinking. I would then create a very juicy free offer that solves the most common pain point and have it lead to a discovery call application on the thank you page. So I would start growing my email list from day one. And I've spoken about this before. Actually, I think I have a video I did I did about it once. Like, why do you need to grow your email list as a service provider? You do, okay? Because it's the only thing that you are going to own. And it is so nice to, when you finally do want to sell products or things that are going to be lower ticket, to already have that audience ready and warmed up and, and ready to go. So I would create a lead funnel that, collects their email address, probably also collects their their Instagram profile, Instagram handle, Facebook profile so that I could start conversations with them. And I would have it lead to an invitation to book a call with me on the thank you page. Now, again, I don't know if the percentage of people who will actually book a call, probably very low, but either way, it doesn't matter. For now, that's what I have at hand. That is my availability. That's what I, that's what I have. I don't have any lower ticket products, so I'm not going to create a tripwire right away. I want to just get as many people on the phone as possible. Now that I know what they want, and now that I know what their biggest problems are, I would create a productized service out of my skills based on what they needed the most. So let's say I would do a copy day rate or a sales page or a launch copy in a week or a content strategy VIP day. So let's make it $2,500, all right? Together, we will create your content strategy for the next six months, including pre-launch content and launch content, things like that, whatever it is, $2,500, or maybe again, launch copy in a week. So I will write your sales page. I'll write all your launch emails for $2,500. This is very low, all right? $2,500 is, is like minimum for a sales page copy alone, let alone emails. But let's just say I'm starting off, so I'm not gonna be charging as much as I probably should be, all right? So let's just make it $2,500. Now, how would all this help me avoid burnout, all this offer-related stuff? Number one is I would be creating something that I know people need. I would not be guessing. I would not be putting something out there and being like, ooh, I wonder if people actually want this. I wonder if people actually buy this. No, I'll be interviewing these people in depth and I'll know exactly what their problems are, exactly the way they're talking about their problems. I know exactly what they need, what they want, how I can give it to them. And I would be creating this offer and I'd be creating this messaging geared specifically toward these people because these are my ideal clients. The other thing, the cool thing about productized services is that you're not reinventing the wheel every single time. You're not doing custom proposals. You don't even, you have, a le- you have less of a need for sales calls, to be honest, because all the information about your package could be on a sales page or a video sales letter or a mini webinar, which would also enable me to have a repeatable process to deliver the offer every single time. Technically, once you have a productized service and you have testimonials and you have proven proof of concept, you have proven results, because it's a productized service, 
by definition, it's going to be the same thing every time. You don't need to sell someone on a custom package every single time in a sales call. So technically, people could literally see your package and book a quick fitting call for 15 minutes to make sure that you feel like a good culture fit and then get ready to go or just literally just sign up. Like really, it'd be more of you interviewing them to make sure they're a good fit to work with you rather than the other way around. This is really important. I 100% productized services are the way to go, especially when you are starting out, especially when you're towards the beginning. Because now if you're completely starting from scratch, you have no idea what you like, you have no idea what you like to deliver, I would definitely say try out a bunch of different things and see what you enjoy most. Okay. I'm not saying I would not, I'm not saying like you shouldn't test things out and see what you like. But at this point, I know I'm good at copywriting. I know I'm good at content strategy. I know I'm good at launch strategy, right? Whatever it is. So I don't need to test things out. I know that like, for example, design is not going to be my thing. I'm not going to be offering to design a website or a sales page or a funnel, but I do know that I can write. And having that productized service, having that repeatable process over and over again will enable you to sell much more easily, to deliver much more easily, save you so much time, save you from having to make a custom proposal every single time because literally it's going to be the same every single time. Maybe you'll have an add-on, maybe you'll have some inclusions or maybe exclusions depending on what the person actually needs. But either way, this productized service is going to be the key to creating a service-based business without burning out. If you're enjoying this episode and know someone who would like it too, maybe they're feeling a little burned out in their business, maybe they're feeling like they just want more freedom, they want more processes, they just want to figure out why they aren't hitting their income goals and working so hard, please pause and take a moment to send them the link. You can send it to them privately or if you want to be super nice, you can screenshot this episode and share it to your Instagram stories and tag me along with the link and I would be happy to have a conversation with you about setting your business up for less burnout. I would appreciate it so very much. And I know that whoever you share it with would appreciate it too. And I cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Okay, let's get back to the show. Okay, so we've spoken about mindset and offers. Now let's talk marketing. So now that I know what I'm selling, now that I know who I'm selling it to, I would create online profiles probably on Instagram maybe Facebook as well, and optimize them for exactly these people. Okay, so speaking directly to these people and their problems, using the information that I now have about what their problems actually are. And once I had my online profiles optimized, I would create content for these profiles with clear CTAs, call to actions, to work with me or download my free resource. I'd probably alternate between the two. And anyone who did download my free resource would would receive a message from me on Instagram saying, hey, so I downloaded it and starting a conversation over there. I might create reels with really high value and then invite people to drop a keyword below and I would send them my free resource or keywords if they want me to reach out about working together. And the types of content that I would create would be, besides for obviously valuable educational content, because yes, you should create some of that, especially educational content that comes from your own experience. So here are things that have worked for me. That is a really good, that is a really good angle to take because you're not saying here is information you can plug into ChatGPT and immediately discover in two seconds. No. Here's stuff that has specifically worked for me as the kind of person I am to achieve this goal, to solve this problem, to achieve this result. So three basic types of content that I would create would be, number one, thought leadership, okay, coming from your own experience. So again, this cannot be duplicated by anyone, including ChatGPT. So thought leadership being like, again, 
five things I would never do when start restarting my business. Here's why, I don't know, here's why you don't need to run ads. So things like that, this is the kind of stuff that will make you truly stand out. The other kind of content I would create would be the addressing, literally addressing the people. So the questions, the problems, the roadblocks, the mindset shifts that I want to use to speak directly to my person. These are the questions, problems, roadblocks that have come up on the calls, on my free consults. I know all this information. I know exactly what their issues are. I know exactly how it's affecting them in their life. And now I can use this opportunity to create content speaking directly to that. And I can also help them take the the mindset roadblocks they might have and share some opportunities to shift their mindset in a different way. And the last kind of type of content I would create would be like viral sort of content. So that's a little bit more polarizing content that will create shares and follows. Obviously, you don't want to be unkind. You don't want to be, I, I, will, I'm, I will share this. I, I'm going to share this because I just think it's an important thing for people to know. I sent someone, I, I, I asked someone a question privately on Messenger this week, someone, a content creator, a coach that I knew was Jewish, and I asked her why she hadn't said anything about what had happened in Israel this week. It's, it, this, is, this is not just a tragedy for Israel. It's a tragedy for the entire Jewish world. We are all so connected, and, and as we know, Hamas has announced that they don't want to just start with, end with Israel. They want to kill all the Jews in the entire world. This is not a secret. I'm not like sharing something that is not, is not widely known. It's literally in their charter. And so I asked her, like, why haven't you mentioned anything about this like at all? At the very least, mourning the people, the, the children who, who had died. And he, she told me that she didn't feel called to, to add to the conversation. And she didn't feel the need to trauma dump on Instagram. And at that point, I just rolled my eyes and I was like, okay, fine. This is not, there's obviously nothing to like really discuss here. I'm not going to change her mind. So I just, I didn't even, I didn't even continue the conversation. I just ended it. I asked the question. I heard the answer. I was like, okay, moved on. And then she screenshot my question and her answer and turned it into a post about how no one has the right to tell her what to post. I'm not going to go into the details of who and how and why and everything. The point is that is not the kind of viral content that all right because that to me felt very very invasive and a little bit of a betrayal of like just a private like just taking a private conversation and just posting it for the whole world to see and 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 a question that was coming out of so much pain on my behalf living here as an Israeli mom and again if you feel that Israel is in the wrong here and you feel that Hamas is great and everything please feel free to unsubscribe unfollow leave everything don't follow me I have no interest in you being in my world so if you have even one little iota of maybe Hamas has a point, this is not the place for you to be. That being said, she had, of course, she has the right to post what she wants to post. But to take a private conversation and leverage it in that way, in the way she did it, felt like a very unkind way to do things. So I'm not saying use your platform to poke fun at people and use your platform to spill other people's private thoughts or information or, or conversations. I'm like viral as... I, I, some examples from my, po- from my content is, there was, this was one that really did very well. I said, can we please normalize business success, not equaling handbags and perfectly posed photos and sky high heels? You could be crushing it in Crocs. And that got a significant amount of reach, like more than a lot of my other, a lot of my other posts. It reached quite a few non-followers. I got follows from it. I got profile visits from it. I got saves. So this was a kind of like a hot take, so to speak, that people wanted to share with their audiences because they agreed with it and it gave me more reach in front of new people who were not necessarily following me before, okay? So that is an example of viral takes. I'm not, again, not saying unkind. I'm not saying 
posting, you know, people do. People use their platform to publicly poke fun at other people or whatever. I'm not, like, I do not mean that. And I just want to be very clear about that because I understand that sometimes people could be like, oh, be polarizing. And then people will take a little bit too far. I would just ask that you not take a little bit too far because you don't know how it could be affecting the people that you're speaking to or speaking about. And this is not something I even plan to talk about, but I just it just occurred to me as I'm saying this that people might take it that way. And I don't want you to take it that way. All right. So I'm fine. I've worked through it. It was hurtful. I had to sort it out and work through my emotions about this whole thing. But it was a good lesson for me as like the kind of people I do and do not want to follow and the kind of influencer and content creator that I do and do not want to be. Another thing I would do content wise is take one piece of excellent content or a piece of content that did very well two to four times a month and turn it into a blog for SEO purposes with content upgrades to grow my email list. Now, the easiest way to do this would be to go live once a week and download it and use ChatGPT to turn the transcription into a blog post. That's like the easiest way as far as no fancy editing, nothing. You literally just hop on live and drop three to five bullet points of high quality value and then use it in use it as a blog post. I did this for years. I have definitely over, I think about 180 or something like that. So many videos, live videos in my Facebook group that I showed up and did every single week. Honestly, I could turn all those videos into incredible blog posts and absolutely crush it. And I, I think I actually think I will. It just will take a little while. But the point is, the easy this the reason why this is the easiest thing to do is because it doesn't require the same level of editing that YouTube or a podcast might. But you can also, if you would like, take this take these lives and clean up the sound and turn it into a podcast as well. You totally could do that and have that be embedded in the blog post. But either way, I will say I thoroughly regret not leveraging SEO earlier than I did than I did. I'm now having my website redesigned and I am going to be having a blog and I am going to be having SEO and SEO strategy because I do want to have multiple sources of traffic. And this is a longer term strategy. It's not exactly going to be like a quick fix, like a reel that goes viral, but I do want my content working for me long term rather than um, having to always be creating new stuff all the time in order to get new people into my world. So I would say this is something that I, a big mistake that I made and I regret it. So have some sort of SEO longer term like quality uh, content platform along with your social platforms. Okay. So you have your weekly live that you're turning to blog posts. You're putting out say three to five posts per week on Instagram or Facebook, wherever it is you choose to do, and with clear calls to action to work with you or download your free resource. Then I would also reach out to all the people that I gave a free consult to and offer the first three packages at a discounted price. So let's say I wanted to charge $2,500 for this. I would charge them $1,500 for this, include in, ex in exchange for a testimonial and potentially a case study. And if I didn't fill those three spots, I would publicly sell the rest of the intro packages um, on my social media, maybe to my email list if I already have a small email list. I would announce that I have these three spots at this price, and the second, the third spot is taken, the price is going to be increasing by $1,000. So that is what I would do, and I would leverage these testimonials and case studies on my sales page, on my website, as content, and then basically just use that to generate more and more leads and more clients. And I would probably raise my package rates with every five clients or so, or three to five clients, depending on what your package rates are and what you're including, until they felt really aligned with the income I desired. So just for context here, four packages a month at $2,500 to $3,000 is about 10 to 12K a month. That's it. You've, you've, hit your, you've hit your income goal, okay? 
Or if you'd like, if you have larger packages that you want to maybe divide into retainers or maybe monthly payment plans for more stability. So let's say you're doing a launch copy package. You could easily charge 5 to 10K for a full launch copy package. Like truly, all right? That is, launch copy is one of the more expert things that you that people would hire for because they are not necessarily the expert in that. So like you could very easily turn it into five, seven, seventy five hundred, ten thousand dollar package and then break it into monthly payment plans so you can stack these payment plans. So even if your actual work is done, you will still have be having be having payments coming in on for the next few months. Or you could have monthly retainers. Like I have one of my clients, she's an SEO strategist. She has monthly SEO retainer packages. So things like that could work out really well for you. So how would this help me avoid burnout? So number one is I'd be selling to a warm audience and I'd be niching down so I only have to speak to one person. So this would make it very easy for me to create content because I know this person inside and out. I've spoken to 10 of them in depth for hours and I will be continuing to have conversations with people. I'll be continuing to ask questions and see what questions people have in my Instagram stories. And this would enable me to make content creation very simple. Maybe not easy because you still have to actually write the content, create the content, but it becomes much simpler. I would also have a repeatable marketing process and I would not be trying to dominate on every platform. So taking, for example, your weekly live and turning it into a podcast episode um, and a blog post and then maybe pulling out some of the golden nuggets from that and making those into your actual social media posts. Like you could honestly do that and then literally like that could be your marketing strategy, right? If you're talking about, I don't know, running Facebook ads, you could have one post about how do you know you're ready to start Facebook ads. You could have one post like viral take on people who start, your hot take on people who start uh, Facebook ads too early. So this, these are just examples. But the point is you can approach the same topic from so many different angles and, and have endless ideas for content to attract in your ideal people. I would also, again, I would have the repeatable marketing process and I would be consistently raising my rates to give myself margin to hire help. And that is where we lead into systems, okay? So we did the mindset, the offers, the marketing, and now systems. So how would I use systems in order to create less burnout in my business? The first thing I would do is identify, once I've gone through this process a few times, I would be identifying my signature framework. Once you do a whole bunch of these packages, you'll see the common things that come up. You'll see the things that you go to over and over again. And so I would identify my signature framework. I would name it. I would claim it. And I would double down on it in my marketing, my sales process, and as I'm building out my systems. Having that signature framework, and I could talk about this all day and I will not, having a signature framework is going to enable you to truly, truly simplify your marketing, truly simplify your sales process, even, again, You could do a quick little video sales letter about your signature framework and why the way you work is different. Put that on your sales page, your application page, and have people go directly to application to book a call to work with you. So that makes it so so simple because it immediately shows people how you stand out from the crowd, how you are different. And having a signature framework is so great in so many other ways, but I will say that's the main thing. It will help you stand out and will also help really position you as that authority. I would also make sure that I have a super simple CRM client, which are like a client relationship management system, right? Like Dubsado or HoneyBook. So I could consolidate all my forms and applications and scheduler and projects in one place. I love Dubsado. I had Dubsado, but HoneyBook is a little simpler and I know people love it too. Okay. And as I repeated the process, as I kept selling these packages and, and kept putting out my marketing and all the processes in my business, I would create video SOPs. All right. So I would record these SOPs. I would record exactly what I'm doing and talk alongside it. So I'm explaining it to whoever's watching it. And then I would use ChatGPT to grab the transcripts, turn them into text SOPs, and then I would potentially be able to hire a junior writer or I'd be able to hire a virtual assistant 
I'd be able to do a whole bunch of things. I'd be able to outsource a lot better and a lot more simply and a lot, a lot more effectively when I have, when I have these systems in place. So how does this help me avoid burnout? Like obviously the systems, right? Having SOPs would save me reinventing the wheel every single time. And it would also make it much easier to hire someone to help shore up my, my business processes in the back end. So I could just spend more time doing client work, marketing, and have someone else do the admin and all the stuff behind the scenes. So once I had all this in place, I would have a six-figure run rate. If you're making between eight to $10,000 a month, you would, you're already at a six-figure run rate. And I could spend the rest of my time now creating lower-end products. I could be testing frameworks. I could add a consulting arm to my business. I could create workshops and courses and adding these onto my lead generation funnels. There's so many things you can do, but I highly recommend at least having whatever your minimum bread and butter um, income needs to be in order to support you, to give you the life that you need, the the life that you desire, like at least just cover your minimal expenses. You would want to have this in, you'd want to have this in place before doing all this like testing, right? Because I'm not saying you shouldn't test things out, but once you know what you can sell and sell well, you want to make sure that you have that foundation in place that gives you the freedom. It gives you the mental and emotional freedom as well to create all kinds of other stuff and have fun and test and all that fun stuff. But the most important thing I would do, and this is this was this just didn't fit into my into my framework. And also it's it would get stuck in the middle of marketing and systems. But the most important thing I would do, to be honest, once I hit around three to five K, would be to hire a coach, preferably in a mastermind setting. All right. I joined my first mastermind when I was making $2,500 a month. And by the time I left a year later, I was making between eight and $9,000 a month. And I hit my first 10K month, like a month or two after that. I would 100% do it again. And this, for context, I was making $2,500 a month and the mastermind itself was $1,000 a month. So I was spending almost 50% of my income on the mastermind. So why did I do this and why would I do this again? The first part is the coach and the second part is the community. And the third part is the content. So First of all, the coach. Coach who I could get to know long-term, and that's why I really do believe in having a longer-term coaching relationship. They would get to know me. They would know my blind spots. They would see the things that I'm missing. They would push me to achieve more, and they'd be able to support me when I'm feeling low because they'd know where I tend to trip up, where I tend to get stuck, all right? The content that I would have access to would be my resource when I was stuck. And the most, between, really, I think that the coaching and the community, the the group are probably the most important parts about this. The mastermind group would create a natural network of people that I could potentially work with or who could refer me out. And there is literally nothing like a community for support to help you take action and truly have your back. But of course, you want to make sure it's the right community. It has to be the right type of people. It has to be people people that you align with. And so I just want to share what one of my clients said just this past week in my coaching program community, which made me so emotional, especially after this week. And it made me just, it just, it just validated for me that I had I had been able to curate the type of community that I've always dreamed of, of creating in my business um, for my clients and for myself. So this is what she said. September 30th, I returned from my week-long vacation to find out my biggest client was pausing services. I was in shock because it wasn't just one client, but this was the second client that exited in two months due to financial issues on their end. After eating two bags of Twizzlers, watching all of season five of Virgin River, and a good deal of wallowing, I decided I'd have it, I'd had enough. I listened to you all and double down on my marketing and positive thinking. I spent about 20 hours on 30 days of LinkedIn prompts, revamping my website copy to be more clear and just focusing on being positive. I now have my highest engaging LinkedIn post ever, 3,538.5% increase in engagements and impressions in the last year. 
One past prospect that I passed on due to timing reached out about contract work. One new lead who reached out through Instagram and we have a call set up. And one new lead through a comment at one of my LinkedIn posts. I'm trying to be super intentional what I do next, so I'm not rushing into anything. But no matter what happens, my mindset is a thousand percent better than it was during my Twizzler binge. Mostly I'm grateful for the women in this group and the mini mind group because you offered support, kindness, inspiration, and just a sense of community that is hard to find when you're a solopreneur. Thank you, Yael Bandad, for bringing this group together. I'm feeling hopeful and grateful for you all. So I just want to show the power of having a community that has your back. We did not do the work for her, okay? She did the work herself. This is her. This is all her. But knowing that she had the supportive community in place, knowing that we were all cheering her on, we were telling her it really sucks, take the time to wallow, you can totally do this, now you can find clients that are more aligned, that was so powerful for her and enabled her to be like, take a deep breath, take a step back and realign and revamp and take action. And now she is, this is just one month, okay? She is so much further along than she was. And it is just a beautiful thing to No, actually, it's actually not just one month. It's two weeks. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. It was the end of September. And now it's the middle of October. So about two weeks. So I cannot tell you how supported I have personally felt by my community in this hard time. All right. People reaching out to me every single day, offering to help me with my clients, referring me to people who'd be good fits for me, sending me loving voice notes and prayers. It makes me so emotional. I, in such a hard time, it has been like the lifeline that I have been able to hold on to, besides for God, obviously. (laughs) But knowing that I have people who are thinking about me around the world, people who are like there for me when I want to vent, when I'm just worn out, when I'm feeling feeling overwhelmed and I'm feeling stuck and all that, it just makes such a difference for me. And I know it would make such a difference for you too. So if there's only one thing you take away from today, it's that building your business doesn't need to be complicated. But the truth is there is nothing like having a coach who's done it before. I will tell you, I have sold services. I've sold courses. I've sold coaching. I've sold consulting. I've sold digital products. I've helped clients from multiple industries book out their services, launch their offers, have their first 10K, 25K, 50K a month. And I'm going to be doing this next year in my CEO mom mastermind. This is a new mastermind. It's going to be different, a little bit different than what I've had in place before. But my basic intention with this mastermind is to personally mentor CEO moms through 2024 and beyond to hit six figures plus by creating massive leverage and profit in their business and their lives so they can build their business around their life as an ambitious and dedicated mom. And if that is you, I would love to chat about whether this would be a good fit for you because I truly do believe there's nothing like having a coach who truly has your back. And I realize I love getting to know my clients long term. I love diving into their business. I love knowing what's going on in their life, being able to give them support, taking that context into into perspective. And the inclusions are going to be incredible. The community we build is going to be stellar. I already know this because I know that I attract the best people and I have like literally the best people. I love my clients so much. And you'll not only be receiving deep support from me and deep support from our community, from our sisterhood, but also get a behind the scenes as I navigate the ups and downs of business modeling, sales, war, peace, kids, hormones, all the things to truly cultivate that sweet spot in business. I'm opening up a waitlist for the mastermind and there are going to be special bonuses for people on the waitlist, including a pre-sale price and opportunities for one-to-one coaching with me and all kinds of other fun goodies. So just go down to the link and join the waitlist. You can be the first to know when it opens and you will see the link in the description. And I cannot wait to see who is signing up to hear more about it. And you might get a special gift when you do sign up for the waitlist. I'm so excited for this. And I want to say to all those of you who have reached out to me, I truly do appreciate it. Every single message, every single 
um, comment every single little bit of outreach or share of my post or anything like that. All of that is so appreciated and makes me feel so loved. And I just want to thank you. If that is you, I want to thank you. It means so, so much to me. So thank you again. I hope you've enjoyed this. It was a little bit long, but I hope that you found it worth the listen. And let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. And I will see you next time. I can't thank you enough for listening to Raising Your Business. I hope this episode has inspired you to take another step towards building a business and life that you love and growing your income in a way that works for you and your family. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review and let's connect on Instagram. Screenshot and share it on Instagram stories 